0: Have been for me to
1: go to golf course. Thank you. i have never said he wasn't a great politician. I'm just saying he's a s off. <laughs> How'd you play out there today?
0: Uh, well, I found the conditions challenging. Mostly, because there's no grass on the golf course. But there never has been.
1: I'm thinking about the swag bag, and I hump yeah. the swag bag. Tra- when you got three crevices on the green, your course is trash. What's happening folks? Welcome back beltway golfer episode six, Alex Dixon here. Thanks for joining me. You know, the reason I started the beltway golfer podcast and um, what I'm so excited about doing it going forward is obviously to sit down and have conversations and profile folks that are in the DMV in the DC area, um, tied to the, the world of golf. But in doing so, it's also getting out and hearing more um, or getting to know better people that I've uh, been communicating with, or at least following on most cases, social media for months or even years, whether that be Instagram, Twitter, or sometimes Facebook, uh, and, and seeing their pictures, their videos, liking, commenting, um, do, having messages, um, hearing about their golf game, but not really getting to know them beyond that i um, hearing more about their stories, or even in a lot of cases, meeting them ever face-to-face or, or, or having a round of golf with them. Um, you know, I'm aiming to, to, to fix that. And today's guest was a great example of what excites me about it. I sat down with a woman named Desiree Walker. Um, Desiree also, uh, her she also goes by Desi. Uh, she's got a couple different uh, social media handles. One is Desi Golfs, D-E-S-I Golfs. And the other is uh, for her um, golf social event company Road to Par. It's Road the number two par. She came to the game of golf um, fairly late, but immediately um, became, you know, caught the bug, jumped in with both feet, um, you know, went to Golf Academy of America, started a, a business, Road to Par. It's a, it's, a, it's a social event company. She'll tell you all about it, um, all tied to the game of golf and, and, and exposing it to, to folks who otherwise may not feel. Um, comfortable at, at, at a golf course or on a golf course. Um, but she's also got a really unique perspective on things. Um, she's, she's a, she's a black woman who's who's now a golf entrepreneur. It's one of the, one of the more underrepresented groups in the sport of golf, but she's also a police officer. And I don't know, there, there, there can't be that many police officers that have a golf related side business or, or even side hustle. Um, so that's that's interesting in itself. And obviously um, with everything going on in the world, in our country, um, in Washington DC, um, her perspective um, as a black woman, as a police officer, uh, and as a golf entrepreneur is extremely unique. So I was incredibly excited to meet her in person for the first time, learn more about her story about her, about road to par. And we sat down for like 45 minutes and and had an awesome conversation at, um, the country club at at Woodmore. So I'm I'm excited to share our conversation with y'all and I hope you enjoy it. So here it is Desiree Walker with road to par. Enjoy. all right we are out here beltway golfer alex dixon with desiree walker Mm -hmm. at the country club of woodmore
2: yes beautiful
1: day out here how are you
2: i'm good i'm good thanks for coming out here
1: absolutely this is i i was we were chatting before this started and i've only been out here once before and it's been a while it may have even been when I th- it may have still been named PG, uh, PG Country Club. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure when they, do you know mm-hmm. when they made that switch?
2: I don't remember the uh, exact year and I just actually had posted about it. Um, Cause it's actually my first year out here with Road to Par. Uh, so we are super excited to have a, a new course home. Uh, we had uh, four wonderful years at Lake Presidential. And so now we are out here now at uh, Country Club of Woodmore.
1: Perfect, and so you just mentioned that, so one of the big reasons I wanted to have you on Beltway Golfer is what you just mentioned, Road to Par. Ah. (laughs) Um, So let's start there. Um, You and I have been connected on social media for a while, Um, so I've I've never been to a Road to Par event, Mm -hmm. but I've seen a lot of pictures and video of it. It looks (laughs) like a lot of fun, Um, but why don't we start there? What is, what's Road to Par all about? Okay. Um, Why did you start Road to Par and just, just fill us in there.
2: Well, I, I do love golf, just like you. And uh, Road to Par started off actually as my golf journey. So I am very much a newcomer in the golf world in terms of business, in terms of all the courses I've played or not played. And it all started uh, back in 2014. Believe it or not, I started playing at Topgolf. Okay. Friend of mine said, hey, it's your birthday. Let's go hit some golf balls. And I didn't have a lot of friends that played. So I started playing and then, as we say in the golf world, I caught the bug. I caught the bug bad.
1: And so- like How long ago were we talking? Six years ago. Okay. Oh, wow. So, you, I mean, you are relatively new to the game.
2: Yes. I, I mean, when I say new, I am an infant in terms of probably some of your other guests who have infinite knowledge, um, but I took an unusual path. So I had a, a job and was working my job for about 10 years. And I said, How can I learn golf? Like, how can it really be a part of my life? Because I found that it was something that you could do for the rest of your life. And so I found a school in Myrtle Beach called Golf Academy of America. Sure. And it had, I think, five or six campuses across the country and had operated for a number of years. And it wasn't a PGA program, it wasn't a PGM program, but it was a standalone program that taught you how to play. How to teach, the business behind it. I mean, we even went down to the agronomy of it. I think sure. we grew grass and oh, yeah. <laughs> learned so about a little, that. A little bit of everything. A little bit of it. everything. And so when I started at the school, this was about 2015 to 2016. I started a blog. So this
1: is this is like how long after you first went to Top Golf you months. say? So six, six months. months from the time you first picked up a club and you mm-hmm. said, you know what, I'm going to Golf Academy of America.
2: Yeah. So I think within a week, I had bought a starter set. It was Adams, I remember. Mm-hmm. And within two weeks, because I, I used to love to travel, I bought a travel bag. And so I would pick up my clubs and go. I think I played Malibu Country Club before they shut down with the drought. <laughs> you know, Just going across and playing wherever I could. And so back at the golf academy, I learned so much that I had started a blog called Road to Par. Mm-hmm. And it was literally a conversation into my journey into golf. So as time went on, I graduated golf school. I had worked at golf courses, private and public. Um, I said, you know, this is a lot of information that's useful, that's good. And how can I share that with others? So I decided to make Road to Par a company. Mm -hmm. And then Road to Par was born and from road to par became the expansion of events. So because I jumped into the game late and I also ran across other people who came to the game late, I saw one of the big problems is just getting people to the golf course, right? For sure. People say all the time, oh, your pictures are gorgeous and they're wonderful. I said, well, come to the course, come check it out. So uh, one of my first events was our birdies and brunch out at National Golf Club. Okay. Terry Schaefer, amazing pro out there, um, hosted it for us yep. and had a, a women's group. Yep. And they National just, Golf
1: Club right in Fort Washington. Yep, yep. Fort Washington. Mm-hmm.
2: And they loved it. It was, it was amazing. <clears throat> it was an opportunity for me to share this game that I fell in love with with others. And so fast forward, um, I had a few other events lined up. Um, we ended up doing happy hours at the golf course. So that's where Lake Presidential came in. So as I started doing golf, people would say, well, hey, come do a social event here and we'll, we'll get something going. So it really balloons, because I have another hobby, which is cigars, Okay. which is, as people know in the golf world, cigars and golf are like hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we started having cigar happy hours on the golf course. And so this year actually uh, was year five. Road to Par has been doing events.
1: Let me me just stop for one second, so so you first picked up a golf club six years ago. Correct. Within six months, you went to Golf Academy America. Mm -hmm. And then some point within that first year, maybe the next year, you started your own golf social event company. Correct. Were you you an entrepreneur before this?
2: I think I've always had the entrepreneurial spirit. Um, And so, like most entrepreneurs, I have a day job. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said earlier on, I I left to go to golf school. Um, Had the wonderful occasion to actually come back to it when I came back from golf school, because I had moved away from the DMV and then came back after golf school. And so I have my day job, as we say, and then I started my golf company. And so I've had clients. We have uh, tournaments every year. We have a cigar golf tournament every year. Uh, client is Tenderbox of Waldorf, down in Waldorf, Maryland.
0: Okay.
2: Um, then we also do a wonderful golf outing for a cruise. So there's a company in the DMV that does a big jazz event, three day weekend called Capital Jazz. And I do their golf outing on their cruises that they do every
0: year.
1: I think I, I checked out a video of this. Uh, you, mm. you, you've got a, a YouTube channel uh, that you, you started not too yes. long ago, and, yes. and I saw a video of the cruise. That looked, that looked like a lot of fun. So,
2: it is probably the most fun I've ever had. <laughs> yeah.
1: So you did a within the cruise, you mm-hmm. did a golf outing with with folks that were already on the cruise, and you kind of. Correct. I got gotcha. you. Correct. That's, that's that's a lot of fun. So I, I, so you are native of the D.M.V. So for for folks. Um, that also listened to another local podcast Golf DMV We mm-hmm. got those guys are great I, I was on their show about a year ago uh, but you were as well yeah uh, and and, yes. I, and so if you if you <laughs> haven't listened to that check it out search Desiree Walker or, or Road, to Par Road to Par for, for Golf DMV mm-hmm. uh, but I listened to that as well and and you so on that one you talked about growing up in the DMV mm-hmm. um, so growing up around a year and just getting into golf like six years ago did you were you, were you familiar with the game much? Like, did you, did you have people in your social circle and your family that, did, you know, did, did you know people that played?
2: So I'm a native Washingtonian. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that in particular because we say DMV, which is an amazing area sure. with so much to offer. Um, but if you actually go into the city, you look at opportunities for golf. In DC, we have what, three golf courses.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: How utilized are they really? not just how much are they utilized, but how much are they promoted to be utilized in the community? Yeah. I'll say, historically speaking, as a minority, I'm an African-American female, um, I didn't have friends that played. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not have family members that played, um, especially as a female. If they did and if they were male, you didn't really know, right? It wasn't a sport that you say, hey, bring all your ladies out, or, you know, it was just yeah. something that I drove past Benning Road and saw a golf course and mm-hmm. honestly speaking, didn't know many of us were there. Um, and there's so much of history that I'm just now learning that I wasn't taught. Sure. So, you know, growing up you see, but sometimes you're never told what is actually there.
0: Yeah.
2: So as, as far as golf and early on, um, I'm still learning now as I'm, as I'm really getting into the game.
1: So as part of your motivation around road to par, you had mentioned, obviously making it easier for people to get into the game and, mm-hmm. get, and, and being uh, comfortable getting into the game. Um, so has that been part of it? Have you like gotten some of your friends and social circles? It's a huge part, it. huge part of it.
2: Huge part of it. When I started the birdies and brunch, it was because people really couldn't believe I quit my job to go play golf. And so they're like, what kind of game is this? Right? Is this voodoo or something? <laughs> <laughs> but it was a great opportunity. Um, golf is a great stress reliever um, mm. for any field, any profession, anybody. And so when I first started playing, I had a very, very stressful job, still do now, but- um,
1: We'll get to that in a couple minutes. Yeah, no worries.
2: <laughs> it's one of those places where we're having this conversation today. And if you look out behind us, it is the most serene view you could ever imagine. And we're not far from civilization, right? Like there's civilization all around us. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if you're playing Langston or playing out of East Potomac, there is still a sense of uh, serenity about the environment. And so when you asked earlier, you know, getting into it to help others, I definitely wanted to get people involved. Um, I think the numbers now are maybe 30% of women are involved in golf compared to 70% of men 30%
1: 30, 30 of total golfers. Correct.
2: Are women. women. Um, and then the numbers are even lower for minorities. Sure. So when you look at, you know, people always make the joke, you know, business happens on course, Mm -hmm. um, no matter what that business may be, you start to look at the inequity that has happened over the years and how at some point say sports and different components have been an equalizer. Mm -hmm. Golf should be that equalizer as well. So if I can have an opportunity to get people on course, whether it be through social means and or lessons,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I'm all about it. I think everyone should be able to share and enjoy, you know, the journey of being on a road to par.
1: Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, because obviously golf um, in a lot of ways, rightfully so, um, but it you know, has this connotation of being this you know, rich elitist white guy sport. Mm-hmm. Um, in a, in a lot of cases with good reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, playing with, with women and, 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 and golfers of color over the years, you know, everybody loves the game. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. You know, there's, there's no, you know, old white guys don't love the game any more than, you know, right. than, than women or, right. or, or, or golfers from different minority groups. Um, it just has that connotation for, for a lot of different reasons, and, and some of them have been, you know, um, you know, uh, being excluded for different mm-hmm. practices at country clubs, mm-hmm. and, and, and um, that's what I'll get to here. So what's, what's interesting, so you had Road to Par, um, you essentially, your home course where you did all your events was at Lake Presidential, which correct. is a public course correct. for the last several years. correct. And then this season you decided to come to Woodmore, Woodmore yes. which is private. Yes. What, 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 was it, what, what made you do, do that?
2: Well, so one of the great things about golf is that it is relationships, right? You have to build solid foundations and relationships. Mm -hmm. And so as yourself, you go around different courses all around the DMV. You also have to find the right relationship that works. Just like with golf, how many sets of clubs do we normally go through until we find the one that's like, this is gonna be it, right? Like this is gonna be the one that drops my handicap like five strokes or more. Um, and courses are the same way. Yeah. Um, Lake Prez is a beautiful course, an amazing course um, that I still often play. Um, at some point, you just, you go to different ones and you feel which one may have the next fit, right? I've sure. played with Mizuno Golf Clubs, and they were great to a point. And then I played with, um, I think I had Taylor Maids and then moving on to the next set. And so each set is very good, mm-hmm. and but it, it does offer something different. So this year coming over to Woodmore and the Woodmore family is, is going to be in a great experience for, for all of us and looking forward to being able to expand the road to Parr family into the Woodmore family and vice versa.
1: And it certainly seems, as I mentioned before, this is, this is literally only my second time ever on this property. Um, but just from, from what I've seen in the last hour or so, um, it seems to be a little bit more diverse than Correct. most private country clubs, Correct. Um, even just in the area.
2: Well, and the great thing about that is, you know, Prince George's County has had a long history of being one of the wealthiest black counties in America. Mm-hmm. Um, when you talk about, so for instance, when I said earlier, I was a native Washingtonian, I'm a sixth generation Washingtonian. And wow. what that means is that you see, your family sees, your family's part of the building blocks of our nation's capital. And so for a while there, you know, as time goes on, and there's an opportunity to build, right? Economically, socially, you have to go to places that are welcoming and places that are accepting where you can have that and engage that. And PG County has been that for quite some time. And um, I think it's important to have a diversity component to country clubs, a diversity component to golf courses, golf clubs, um, because at the end of the day, like you said earlier, no matter how you look, no matter where you're from, your background. Once you come out on the golf course, we all speak golf.
1: That's right. And I th- and you also have a pretty unique perspective, and it was one of the additional reasons why I wanted to sit down with you. Um, <laughs> tell us about your day job.
2: Day job. <laughs> so um, I have roughly 14 years um, with a law enforcement agency in the Washington, D.C. area. Um, when I mentioned earlier about quitting my job. So had I had the chance to stay at work and still learn golf as intensely as I did, I probably would have done so. But unfortunately, Myrtle Beach was the closest location. Um, but I am, uh, like I said, a 14 year veteran
1: of the department. So you, you left, you, you left, I left, you left job for, mm-hmm. you know, for least, golf, for, for how long?
2: Uh, It was about two years. About two years. years.
1: And now you came back to the same.
2: I did, and and thankfully they welcomed me back with open arms. And I've been very uh, blessed to say that I've been able to work in all facets of the job um, and even more importantly, community outreach. Mm -hmm. Um, I've worked with different communities within uh, the area that I work in. And it's very important to continue to to build the bridge, uh, to build a conversation as a black woman who is also a police officer, um, it, is a, it, is, it is a duty, not just for me, but anyone who puts on that uniform mm-hmm. to learn the communities they work in, to work within them in a respectful, professional, and humane way, yeah. always. Um, because we're all human first. Mm-hmm. And so um, all the unrest that goes on today. day I understand both sides of it, um, because I'm tired of seeing people die on TV. I'm tired of people dying through the hands of someone that wears this uniform,
0: mm-hmm.
2: because they, at some point they lost respect for wearing this uniform, so.
1: This, this had been one of, if, that, if not the most challenging spring, um, to, to be a black woman and a police officer. Uh, with everything going on? So So some hard conversations and some some tricky conversations, maybe? Or not?
2: Well, I'll say this. Um, From the moment I put the uniform on, I knew the responsibility that it held. Um, I put it on knowing that there's not many that look like me Mm -hmm. that put on this uniform. We're a very small percentage. And it's even more smaller when you go into rural areas. Uh, Women are still a minority within the field Um, But to me it made more sense because I wanted to do something in the community. I grew up in okay Who better to interact with the people in the community than someone from the community right to? Have the same conversations and to understand a situation and diffuse a situation from a true understanding Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately the job is not always pretty it is not and we work very hard to do the best that we can for everybody. And I can only speak for me personally, but I know there are quite a few of my coworkers that feel the same way.
1: I, I saw what you you posted on um, Instagram not too long ago, and, and for folks that want to follow Desiree, you got, you, got, you got the Road to Par. Road to Pars road, road, yep. road to number yeah. Road yeah, yeah. But you also have uh, Desi Golfs. Mm-hmm. Um, D-E-S-I golfs mm-hmm. and I follow both mm-hmm. and and one of the you put you did a post not too long ago uh, with yourself in uniform and you know you talked about in the post that you know you've had you've had friends and and, and people in your network that have kind of asked you you know how you, how can you be a black woman with everything going on and mm-hmm. be a police officer and, and you and you made there was a there was a line that you said that you're striving to be uh, the example not the exception correct What is that what does that mean
2: so, at the end of the day, um, you know, if you look at history from the standpoint of policing, period, unfortunately it was brought about during the terms of slavery, all right? And so one could say, well, how could you be a police officer knowing that that's how it started? But as a system that will be here, was here before me, and will be here after me, how could I not be a part of being within the system to change the system? So an exception would be those who are not fit to wear this uniform, those who are doing wrong that should never wear this uniform. The example are those that continue to strive to work within the community every day to right the wrongs that have been done and to help the community um, in any way possible. Um, Like I said, going back to the community outreach work that I do, a lot of times it is coordination and community partnerships that really help those who are in need um like i said not every day is going to be the perfect picture Mm -hmm. but it's a continuous conversation that has to be had sure um and like i said you know we bring it back to the golf component Mm
0: -hmm.
2: when you talk about country clubs so many of the rules that were set to keep people out you have to get in and change them You know, so whether it be one member, two members, or three members that come in and all say, hey, we're gonna bring in other people who deserve this same opportunity, who have every right to be here just as we do. Um, And I think that's really important when you start to talk about the hard conversations our country is having today, and we'll have to have for quite a while.
1: Yeah. So... Um, Have you been able to play much golf this spring? I I, I imagine you've been (laughs) working some some overtime
2: hours. (laughs) Uh, you know, it's, um, I'm slowly getting back. Uh, things were a little contentious at one point. And of course, we're all very anxious with COVID, right? We're also trying to understand what that looks like. I'll tell you, I, um, it took me maybe a month or two, um, before all the, the thing, the protests happened to actually get out on the course. Um, like most people, we didn't know how to handle it, right? How do you, do you play with a mask? Do you, do you touch the card? Do you, you know, you just didn't know. And so I, I never forget my first round when I started to get get up the nerve was out at Bristow Manor mm-hmm. out in Virginia. And I had a couple rounds. It was Bristow and Stonewall okay. where I drove over an hour, <laughs> you know, to get a tee time. So Maryland opened up, I think, last. Virginia stayed open. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And um DC was last Mm -hmm. but it it took it took a minute it took a minute and and we're also trying to figure it out a lot of courses have dividers for the cards now uh, or they're still doing the one cart per player rule and I think safety is is very much key in uh, all of our activities this is
1: actually the first time I've seen this the cards here at Woodmore have a a plastic divider that that hangs down in between the two people that are sitting there I have not seen that yet
2: well I'll tell you you know you miss playing with your buddies and and talking with them and Um, You try to do everything in your power to still be close, but yet socially distance, Mm -hmm. so that, you know, you want to have conversations, but then you want to also make sure that you're protecting one another. Yep. So.
1: Um, Changing topics a little bit. Mm -hmm. I I saw that you were also involved in an organization that that maybe is fairly new. I'm not sure. called the Black Golf Alliance.
2: Yes. Yes. Um, So, oh gosh, it was maybe a year ago. Um, There's a forum on Facebook, and we were talking about um, someone that started a group called Black Golfers. And then we said, okay, well, we really want to form something where we're doing something, right? Whether we're propelling more information out to the, the Black golf community, um, whether we're helping other golfers get involved and learn more about golf, period. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we put together what is called the Black Golf Alliance. And we actually, this year, we're gonna have a Juneteenth golf event in Myrtle Beach. And unfortunately with COVID, we wanted to err on the side of caution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's, it's very much important to give people information that normally it wasn't given to, right?
0: Sure.
2: Um, and people will probably say, well, it's year 2020, how is that possible? But as we've seen through our country, things are still not all in line, right? There are some areas of the world that are not as progressive as others and in our country is no different. So there are still country clubs that maybe have one black golfer, mm-hmm. right? Or country clubs or golf courses that they see a group of black golfers and they're, they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sounds probably foreign because I mean, one would think that shouldn't be. We're, we're a little, not sheltered here in DMV, but we have a robust multicultural community. So you go to different golf courses and you're going to see everyone. Um, but in different parts of the country, you're not going to see that. You're still going to see, uh, the traditional, uh, golfer, what they say on TV, which is a white male and that, that might be the majority. Interesting. Um,
1: as a, as a police officer and a golfer, this is, this is way off topic, but have mm-hmm. you ever had to, uh, you ever seen any, anything that you had to put on your police officer hat on the golf course?
2: No, this is like my, uh, <laughs> this is my serenity out here. I hope not. <laughs> I'm called the clubhouse, send somebody out here. Right, I,
1: I'm off duty, I'm, I don't
2: want to. Yeah, see. no, I, I will <laughs> tell you, um, I, someone said to me a long time ago, I've never met a stranger on the golf course. Mm-hmm. And it still holds true today. Um, golf is uh, an amazing sport that, um, I'm very thankful for it's, you know, a great stress reliever, boost your health. I mean, like this wonderful course, I can walk or I can ride, Mm -hmm. you know, ride nine, walk nine. Sure. Um, But golf is definitely um, a place that everyone should have an opportunity to be a part of.
1: What um, so we chatted a little bit uh, road to par. You know, I I think you and I have a lot of similarities that um, sounds like you, you took action a lot faster than I did <laughs> as far as starting Road to Par, you know, but, but really coming from a place of being, you know, a golf enthusiast and just loving the game, trying to figure out, you know, how can I make this more a part of my life and, mm-hmm. and maybe even turning it into a, a side business or mm-hmm. a hobby or a, a, more so in my case. But mm-hmm. um, what's what, what are some of your, I know, I know you talked about your, your, are you starting a podcast? Yes. Uh, with so Road to Par. Like, Road I wanna to hear, bar, what what yeah. are you working on?
2: Road the Park podcast is coming. I know you mentioned earlier, you saw my YouTube. Um, as we mentioned earlier, we were talking before uh, we started filming and one of the things when I started playing golf was I had pictures, right? So mm-hmm. took a picture here, a picture there. And even in my travels, I picture, picture, picture. And, you know, I never really thought about a video or interviews, or anything like that. But then when I really realized like, there's just so much to share. So I have an archive of photos, and I've been um, doing some archive video for my YouTube channel. So if you're on YouTube, look up Road to Par, or R-O-A-D, the number two, P-A-R. And you'll see some of the events I've done over the years, some of the courses. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people say, wow, you played this course or that course. And the thing is, you can too, Sure. right? Um, when I do the cruise, A lot of people say, wait, you play golf on a cruise? And you'd be surprised, there's hundreds of golfers. I mean, so the cruise is like thousands of cruisers. Then you have hundreds of golfers who want to get off at the different ports, right? So we've played in Honduras, St. Lucia, Mexico. Um, I've played Jamaica, you can play, um, gosh, there's another one. St. Lucia we played, Antigua, Antigua is another one. And people would never think so, mm-hmm. but when you're a golfer, you instinctively think, "Where's the golf course?
1: Is that all? So you've done multiple of these trips? That, that wasn't yeah, all one trip. yes, was yes, it, yeah. I've,
2: I've done a few. <laughs> okay. I've done a few. <laughs> like, I've done I a few. A I, if I'm traveling, <clears throat> my clubs are always with me.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, are you? So you talked about you did these. Um, these kind of golf social happy hours at Lake Mm -hmm. Presidential that that looked like a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Is the plan to do those here at Woodmore?
2: Yes, so we will be starting those uh, here uh, July 23rd. Um, And they'll be on Thursdays. And, you know, we are socially distancing. So right now, I think the safest place for people to be is amongst nature, right? Instead of crammed in somewhere, no one wants that. Nobody's Mm -hmm. looking for that. We're going to play it safe but um, a lot of my golf uh, patrons are also cigar smokers. So we have, it's a cigar happy hour. And so you just come outside, enjoy your cigars, socially distance but still enjoy. And we have some nice music that we play um, and just, you know, try to have a good time and kind of Enjoy yourself.
1: Is that open to, to non-members? It will
2: be open to non-members. Okay, cool. So um, for those that like to come out, if you like jazz, come on out. So it'll be a nice jazz happy hour. Um, and it's, it is a good time. I and mean, I know most of us have been crammed indoors when we're not at work, for those of us that still have to go to work. So to be able to come out and um, just have a moment amongst mm-hmm. peace and nature, cigars on course, so, you, so I mean,
1: I, I like a cigar every now and again. I wouldn't call myself a cigar smoker. Mm-hmm. Um, are you like Michael Jordan? Are you smoking, like, multiple cigars every <laughs> round?
2: <laughs> I try not to. I'll say I'll probably light up on the back nine. Okay. So, one on the back nine, depending on how that scorecard looks, it'll uh, get I mean, me through I, the yeah, rest I, of the I round. See,
1: I see guys, I was just playing around just a couple weeks ago, and it was... Crack of dawn, and there was a guy at seven a.m., and he's already halfway through a cigar. And was like, wow. Yeah,
2: no, can't do that one. I, I, I love the art of a cigar, so I like taking my time with them, um, much like my golf game. Take my time, <laughs> but um, it's definitely it's a it's a relaxation point. It's a fine art to it. Sure,
1: Interesting. Yeah. Do you do events? So you, you do the, the 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 cigar happy hours. Mm-hmm. You do some cruise outings. Mm-hmm do you anything do you do outings or events at other courses like i I saw one of your videos i think um maybe you can tell me a little bit about them but it was called the s sgc tour
2: so a friend of mine named james garnett um have to introduce you to him Mm -hmm. he is also a member out here and he runs a group called the sunday golf crew sgc sgc Okay. and um they are a very fun group have a lot of fun with them we played a few quite a few courses together and He does primarily outings. So for instance, I do um, specialty golf tournaments for charities and certain clients. So he actually runs his own events. So if you don't mind putting a little bet money into it for some fun prizes, Mm -hmm. um, he has some some great places that he plays.
0: Gotcha.
1: Um, How's the game?
0: Woo,
2: I'll (laughs) tell you, I never forget when I first started, Thinking about the business side of it, I had met um, another golfer who does business stuff on the side with golf, and I think it's the same person, I can't remember the name offhand, but um, he said once he started doing the business, his game suffered. And I said, wow, that that would be weird, right? You're always on the course, I would think your game would go well. So I will tell you, in six years, the lowest my handicap has been about a thirteen. It's mm-hmm. um,
0: good.
2: It, I will tell you, I played the Golf Channel Am Tour okay. um, when it was still the Golf Channel Am Tour, and I played Golf Week. Um, and that competition, right? Like you really get to see how to handle yourself.
1: Sure.
2: I never forget my first Golf Channel Am Tour event. I shot like a one hundred and nine. I don't. I don't really know what I was doing out there. <laughs>
1: Hey, only one way to find out. Right,
2: I said, yeah, I mean, let me let me give it a shot. Um, but I will tell you, by the end of that tour, I had played maybe six events. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never forget, it was Boulevard, and I shot the 109. It was horrible. It might have been higher than that. It was crazy. But fast forward, my last event may have been Creighton Farms. And I think I came in second with like an 86. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, golf is...
1: How long of a period between that, that and one? That was one
2: season. It was one, but that I'm gonna tell you.
1: So you went from a 109 to 86, you were, you were, you were.
2: <laughs> Well, I had a decent game, right? So <laughs> it was like, my game wasn't bad, but when you go to competition golf, mm-hmm. everything changes, you oh, yeah. know, um, and your nerves. Sure. I never forgot, I think it was the first tee and off the first tee, I just shanked like two balls into the woods. Yeah. And I was like, okay, Desiree, get it together. Like it's not that bad and so got my game together like i said it took me about six six rounds mm-hmm. and then of course you practice and play in between somewhere else but once you get into the competition mode then you can start to say okay let me let me go ahead and slow it down and work on it and oh, so you no
1: know, i i know exactly where you're coming from i i, <laughs> I don't play competitive golf i, I played high school golf okay. um didn't have it didn't play competitively at all mm-hmm. after that um and then you know about uh, 20 years later, when you know I was you know, a high single single mm-hmm. handicap, which unfortunately I'm on the wrong, I'm, I'm back into double digits now. Um, <laughs> but knowing that I had no chance of even coming close, but but like you said, I wanted to t- test out like those competitive juices and just mm-hmm. see what it was like. I just went to one of the Virginia State Amateur qualifying events, okay. and it was it was like the first time I played in even a quasi competitive mm-hmm. situation in a long time, and. Um, I don't remember what my score was, but it was a, probably a lot closer to your 109 than the 86. I'll put it that
2: way. But I mean, Please. hey, we could, we could look back and laugh at it now, right? Like it, right? It probably was a little sad for us then. But, but and that's the thing, right? Like golf, we learned. I, I came out here last week and shot an 86. Mm-hmm. And once again, to that whole conversation, so I, I played with the same person I did like on a Thursday, played with them again on a Saturday and came out here and shot like a 99 or 100. And I'm like, I could tell this story, but thank God I have a witness to say, what happened to your game? It just, right. <laughs> it just fell apart. Yeah. But we have fun. Yeah. And that's what it's about. That's what Road Par is all about. It's about the fun. It's about having a good time on course. Um, as I always say, it's about the people, the places and the putts, right? Mm. And it will continue, right? So this is a game of life and we can continue to play for the remainder of our lives.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. You
2: no, know, in terms of what Road to part is um, and where Road to part will go with the podcast, it definitely is indicative of where Road to part has been. Um, I have the, the amazing opportunity to play with some great golfers who are not traditional golfers. So, and I say to say, there's a whole nother part to this golf world whether it be um, one of my very good golf friends uh, marcus johnson from the area has his own wine he's a world-renowned jazz musician we talk golf all the time Uh, matter of fact hopped off a boat and went golfing in puerto rico during one of the the the, uh, cruises but things like that i think are very interesting too right so we could sit here and talk about how many putts i missed Mm -hmm. uh we could talk about how long my drive was but I think there's a part of the industry, especially with the social component, that people really haven't touched yet. and I think those are the things and and bringing it full circle top golf.
0: Yep.
2: a lot of people don't like top golf. It's not golf, right? It's not the nature, it's not the it's it's a show business. Mm-hmm. Um, but that show business has produced a lot of golfers. I
1: bet yeah, you being one of me them. me
2: being one of them. And they're
1: certainly doing well. They seem, yes. It seems like a new one opens up yes. every 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 week.
2: Well, we'll see what the new economy <laughs> has that rolls. But I think that right there is, is something that people are interested in.
0: Yeah.
2: Um. From the happy hours to the cruises, you know, golf is everywhere. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to be able to have that conversation with, you know, not, you know, not every GM per se, but you know, the musicians who play golf, the artists that play golf. Sure. Um some maybe personalities that you didn't think play golf that do. Um, So when you talk about golf and you talk about its opportunities and its reach, Mm -hmm. I think that we really need to develop that more, right? So, you know, why be at a country Club? Why be on the golf course? Um, You know, we can talk at great length about, you know, the benefits of playing golf with someone for business and or, you know, relationship building. Yeah. well, it's interesting,
1: yeah. And I know we've seen, you know, before, certainly before coronavirus, but mm-hmm. I want to say like 2018, 2019, even, even, you know, probably several years before that, um, there was a lot of talk about how uh, participation in the game was declining. Mm-hmm. Certainly lo- I've talked a lot about how we're losing so many um, courses and, um, you know, courses are closing, um, participation in golf and the golf economy has been kind of on the decline. Mm-hmm. However during coronavirus. We we're the you know, only it was sport quickly, that can was, be played. Right, yep. it quickly became one of the safest things to do. Yep. And now all of a sudden you're seeing reports that there's a massive uptick in kids Listen, playing and You
2: can't find golf carts, right. like uh, push carts. You can't find, it was a back order. I never forget, as soon as everything hit and once they said you could get out and play again, I had friends that'd be like, come on, let's go play. And they're like, well, I'll try to get a cart. Carts were sold out, carts were on back order, yeah. um, you know, this is actually golf's prime time. This is golf at center stage. We're the only pro sport still being played. Yeah. Uh, we're the only sport that amateurs can still play. Mm-hmm. Um, and even for those who, you know, are still working from home, you can still come out on the golf course, do some work at the clubhouse and go play golf and come back and do more work.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I haven't really talked to any golf course operators about the economics of the last three, mm-hmm. four months, but it certainly mm-hmm. seems like, you know, there's a silver lining for some of these golf courses that, that, uh, rounds and participation has been, been way up.
2: Yes. So I will say that I have talked to uh, quite a few, uh, Virginia, Maryland, um, actually headed to Delaware this weekend to play three courses.
0: Oh yeah. What are you playing?
2: Um, links at lighthouse nice. plantation lakes. Okay. It's uh, within our top five okay. and, um, Ah, the big one, Baywood Greens.
1: Oh, nice. It's beautiful.
2: Try to get some good footage. <laughs> Absolutely. All, all, all
1: the flowers out of Baywood. Uh,
2: I'm excited.
1: The last time I played Baywood, I think they had just taken the flowers down. I think they do that mm-hmm. like the second or third week of October. Mm-hmm. So it was it was in great shape. It was great to play, but we, mm-hmm. it wasn't quite as photogenic as maybe, as maybe it could be.
2: It's, it's a fun course. i played it once, and so I'm excited to go back. It's been some years, probably about four years. So. Uh, yeah
1: that'll be a lot of fun
2: yeah
1: um well listen we'll, we'll have to we've never played together so we, we'd love to play some that's, part yeah,
2: that's part that's two that's part two um <laughs>
1: and then um yeah and then maybe we can we can take it from there and do some kind of combined event or something let's like that. do it we'll let's, let's do it looking sure forward again. to it this has been awesome it's a thank pleasure, you thank pleasure. you for the first having time we've met me. in person yes so, you know, we've chatting, been chatting like yeah.
2: trying to get through this uh Covid protests, all right, that right,
1: stuff. Right, right, so This has been great. I, I appreciate yeah. you coming on and having me out. And uh, thank you. We'll do it again.
2: Awesome. Thank you.
1: Awesome.
2: I got a kid. Johnny Jackson's ideas.
1: I don't have a good golf game, but I don't really care. I'm a I'm a regular dude living in DC, and I want to know about DC-centric golf stuff. If you can tell me something that I don't already know, then that is great for me. I don't want the regular stuff. I want exciting stuff. I want different stuff. I don't want stuff I can't hear elsewhere. But I want it to be about DC golf.